Are geniuses born or self-made? I'm kind of fond of this topic because I think there's been a great deal of misunderstanding as to what the nature of genius really is. And I think that song, Little Kathy, that I just sang will help to explain what I mean. That everybody has something. Everyone has some kind of song to sing. And if he can't sing, he can dance. And if he can't dance, he can fly. And if he can't fly, he can do something else. But we've all, everyone has something that he could do if he'd developed that. Now here in our age, we've been somehow conditioned to think that genius is the same thing as IQ. And if somebody has an IQ of 140, 150 or whatever, then he's supposed to be a genius. And if somebody has somewhere below that, then he's not a genius. He's sort of a, an ordinary intelligent person. And if he's lower than that, then he's uh, even less than intelligent and so on. Well, first of all, I think that it's a great mistake to equate genius with intelligence. But let's get back to those IQ tests just to uh, touch on them lightly. What kind of a person can you imagine would be likely to create an IQ test? It would take a certain kind of person, wouldn't it? Sort of a computer brain, uh, somebody who likes to think in terms of puzzles and so on. Well, naturally, his definition of a genius would be somebody who's, uh, well, like him. And so we're, we're forced to take his definition because he created the test. Well, in fact, I don't think that that has anything to do with it. I'll ne never forget uh, a, a woman. She was the dean of women in a high school, I believe. And she told me that there was one boy there who had a very high IQ, 143 or 5, something like that. And he had a girlfriend whose IQ was about 90. And she said that obviously you would think that if a very intelligent boy is interested in a girl who's got such a low IQ, it can only be for some other reason. In other words, in other words she was beautiful or he loved her for his body or something like that. But she said the remarkable thing was that he was attracted to this girl because he found her so insightful. She didn't have a very high IQ, but she had a great deal of perception. She just didn't think in terms that enabled her to uh, fit little things together on a board or in, on a piece of paper. And you can just imagine looking at a, uh, an IQ test and you can imagine many people who have a great deal of understanding of life looking at this test and thinking, what do I need with that? And so the mind is not drawn to answering the questions in the first place. You couldn't care less what the answer was. Does that make you dumb? Certainly not. And the kind of person who is uh, very keen and very intelligent and very clever reminds me of, a, of an, uh, an account, an illustration that was made by one of the great saints of, the, of India in the last century. His name was Sri Ramakrishna. He said, look at the crow. It's so intelligent. It knows exactly where to eat. It knows how to rob the food when you're not looking. It knows it flies away at the least sign of danger. It's so clever. And yet the poor creature can't help eating filth. And what he was saying is that being clever isn't the same thing as being wise. And being, uh, having a high IQ or even being intelligent isn't the same thing 
as being inspired. Now, genius is an important concept to me only in this respect. Not that somebody becomes a great this or a great composer, a great artist. That's, that's all uh, very secondary, I think. Some people seem great for a while and then people don't think they're all that great. Some people are not known. Bach wasn't known for a long time until Mendelssohn rediscovered him and now he's considered, or as soon as he was rediscovered, he was considered one of the great composers of all time. But the thing is, not world recognition or specific uh, things that you do. I would consider some people in the category that I'm talking about who never really produce anything. Because to me, genius means something else. Genius actually in the dictionary is allied to the word genie. What's a genie? Well, you know those stories of the Arabian night. Somebody finds a bottle by the ocean and pulls it out and rubs it, and this big spirit comes out and uh, gives him three wishes and so on. A genie is like a spirit, but a genius doesn't have to be somebody possessed. What it really means is somebody who is inspired by some source above himself, outside himself, or not on his normal uh, mental working level. Genius comes, and this is what the great geniuses in the arts and music and so on have, have discovered, that it comes not from thinking your way to a solution. Brahms mentioned that people who try to create music just out of their heads, mind-born music, as I believe he called it, uh, will never produce great works of art because Great things don't come out of the intellect. They come out of getting the intellect, uh, putting it aside a little bit, and allowing some kind of higher inspiration to flow into you and through you. Now, the more you can do that, the more you will find that what you do is inspiring to you and can inspire other people. And it may not be a work of art. It may be just advice that you give. It may be, you know, some people can be inspiring even if they don't say a word. Now, we could make a joke about that. We could say that's why they're inspiring. Uh, as I heard one time, it's better to remain silent than be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. But uh, the, the essence of the inspiration that we can feel from people in silence, a real inspiration, is that maybe just in their presence. I have known saints in India who didn't speak, and yet in their presence there was something wonderful. You felt uplifted. You felt the, their aura. You felt their vibration. You felt the inspiration. Um, in fact, this kind of thing, you can, you can find people of wisdom, people of some spiritual depth and so on. They often will work from inside a person's mind. That is to say, they'll try to send a supportive thought. Come on, you've got the courage. You can do it. Come on, you can uh, go out and make something of, something of yourself. It is possible for you to be kind. That feeding of the thought of uh, uh, spiritual inspiration and power, as it says in the Bible, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And I would say that Jesus was a much greater genius 
than Beethoven or Bach or Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo or any of those people that we call geniuses, that is genius of a very low order compared to the kind of genius, or that is to say, to be that inspiration flowing down from a higher source that is manifested in the life of a great master like Jesus or of great saints like St. Francis, whose works of art, you might say, are the people whose lives they change, people who come in contact with them. And just with one glance, just with one smile, just with one word, or just in silence, feeling their aura, and then suddenly they know that they don't want to live the way they used to live. This is how my spiritual teacher was, and I saw how he would change people's lives from within, just by tuning in to their higher nature and trying to inspire them to reach up. This is not hypnosis. Hypnosis is a sort of oppression. It's an imposition. But inspiration is magnetizing. It's sort of holding up to you that kind of level of energy and aspiration and, and hope that makes you think, oh, I can. There's a story from the life of St. Francis that one time he went away on a mission. While he was away, there were three men in the area of Assisi who were criminals, and they had caused a great deal of trouble in the town, robbing people and stealing from their farms and stealing their their uh, hard-earned goods and so on. And finally, the town rose up in anger and chased these men, determined to kill them. And the men sought refuge in a monastery, the monastery where St. Francis lived. The monk that he had left in charge was outraged that these evil men, these sinners, would dare come to a house of God for succor. And uh, he told them with uh, considerable asperity to leave the grounds immediately. And they left, cursing him and the monastery and everything. Well, St. Francis came back, and this monk that he left in charge just indignantly told him what had happened, how these men had dared set foot in this house of God. And St. Francis reacted with indignation indeed. But his indignation was directed at the, the uh, monk, not at those, at those criminals. He said, they came to you for help. And whatever level of help they came for, you should try to help them. And so I command you on your oath of obedience to go and find them and bring them back. So that monk went out and looked for them and finally did find them and brought them back. As soon as St. Francis saw these men, he opened his arms to them. He said, my brothers, my brothers, so I'm so glad you've come back. And then he started to talk. He said, why do you live the way you do? It isn't giving you happiness. It's making everybody hate you. It's making you hate yourselves. You have no peace of mind. And he talked like this. But more than that, a lot of other people could have talked like that. The police could have talked like that. And it wouldn't have done any good. St. Francis had that goodness. He had that inspiration, and suddenly, on the tapestry of their hearts, he began to weave the, the picture, the tapestry of repentance. And those monks asked to be allowed to stay and live there as monks. And they lived holy lives and died very spiritual men. This is the greatest kind of work of all. But the main thing is, whatever God gives you to do, 
It could be just dancing in the meadows. It could be singing. It could be writing something. It needn't be a great work of art. Don't compare yourself with anyone else, but know that you've got it within you. In a way, we can say that geniuses are born. If we say that, we have to say all men are geniuses because all men have that latent within them. The other side of it is that geniuses are self-made in a sense and not in another because it isn't you who do this. And therefore, the thought that you're doing it by your own ego is the greatest block to your accomplishment. But self-made if you do it in the right way. That is to say that if in your effort to express greater inspiration in your life, in your effort to be inspired by uh, a higher consciousness, if in your effort to be guided by God, if in this you offer yourself up to him and your effort is uh, directed toward becoming receptive, then you can say that you're self-made because God's inspiration is always there, always waiting to be called upon. Do you remember the words of Jesus? He said, pray believing and whatsoever you ask for will be given to you. By praying with faith, he meant pray with absolute conviction that this is so, that that inspiration is yours to be had, that God is there to give you that guidance, that counseling, that opportunity, whatever it might be. Yogananda used to say, pray with, make your prayer a loving demand. Demand not in the sense of, uh, of insisting that God give you something that you know he doesn't want to give you. Demand rather in the sense that you know he will give you the best that he can. He's your own father. As Jesus said, if you will ask your father for a loaf of bread, will, you, will he give you a stone? Not your own father. And certainly not your heavenly father. And so, as, it, as one of the uh, chants of a, of a saint of ancient India, Swami Shankaracharya, he was uh, singing this as a hymn to God as the Divine Mother. And the refrain in the song that repeats again and again is, Bad sons there are many, but never a bad mother. God will never let you down. God your father, God your mother, God your friend, your beloved. He won't let you down because you're his own and he is your own. And so if you pray, if you demand in that kind of way, lovingly, just knowing that of course you want to give it to me, he'll give you what's good for you if you ask him. If you ask him what isn't good for you and ask hard enough, he may give it to you. But best of all is to say, if it's your will, give me what you want. And you'll find that he'll give you perhaps a lot more than you expected. But in this sense, you can say that geniuses, yes, they're born because everybody is born with the potential to be a genius. And if it doesn't happen in this lifetime, it can happen in time if you keep on trying. Obviously, you look around you and you see a lot of people who haven't even a spark of genius in them. But that's because they've killed that spark. They've killed it by lack of interest. They've killed it by apathy. They've killed it by indifference. They've killed it by selfishness, self-involvement, never looking beyond the moment. These things we have to remove. But the point is that there isn't anyone so dull that isn't a creature of God and that doesn't have that divine spark 
even though it may have been buried under a great deal of mud. So when you, when you see people around you and ask the question, genius, him, or you look in the mirror and you say, genius, me, remember what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you or them. In your present reality, necessarily, I may be, that depends on what you've done with your life. But if you can remove all that fog that covers your true nature, gold is still gold, Yogananda said, even though it's covered under eons of filth. And so you have that divine spark within you, and it may be covered by all these wrong habits, but if bit by bit you remove those habits, your mind will become more and more clear, more and more bright. Intelligent, yes, of course, but intelligence is such a, sh a small part of the kind of awareness that I'm talking about. The heart, too, has its awareness. The soul has an awareness far greater than just the intellect. And so if you can work, not thinking in terms of being clever, being intelligent, but being aware, being aware in the sense of holding your thoughts up, to the light, the inner light, the inner calmness. The more you do that, the more you will find that inspiration can actually be under your control. One time Yogananda was asked this question by someone, is it possible for inspiration to be under the control of one's will? And Yogananda was busy dressing and getting ready to go and give a public function. And right at that moment, when this person asked the question, he said, yes. And he stopped. He said, take down this poem. He just stopped a moment, and then he started giving a poem. Father, when I was blind, I found not a door that led to thee. Now thou hast opened my eyes, and I find doors everywhere, in the hearts of flowers, in the gentle rain, in the song of the morning. And so it is that if you will Allow God to open you up by opening yourself up first to him when he takes away the blindfold from your eyes, when he takes away these, these stoppers in your ears and you can hear his melodies. You will find that whatever inspiration you ask from him, he can give you. And there's nothing special to a person. I would never say that a person is a genius. Far wiser is it to say he has genius. And this is something we can all have the more we turn to our source within, our source in God.